we should talk about Spygate. Well, yeah, we. Don't. Wait, did I say <clears throat> did I say Spygate? That's not real. I meant Frygate. Oh, Frygate. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. So, the failing New York Times, they're not content to peddle lies about collusion when, like, even when the president types in all caps, no collusion, which kind of settles the whole thing. They've uh, chosen to rank nine different types of fries, which I was unaware that there were nine types of fries. I think their methodology and the results are extremely suspect. Are we just should we just do the whole show on this? Do you think? I think so. I mean, I, th- uh-huh. I think they're. I, I think in the business world they're called verticals, and I think that's what we specialize in. Is that one of the types of fries here? Pretty good. <laughs> uh, because uh, what what on earth is a cottage fry? That's that's not a thing. All right. Well, let's. I guess let's let's break this down. So with their should we just rattle them off and then go back and kind of? Well, uh, so okay, sure. So to summarize it real quick, uh, who uh, Julia Moskin? Don't know. Don't know her uh, her priors or her her resume. As you're Nate's. you're you're legitimately not familiar with her work. Yeah. Wait. It should I be? No. I I don't I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I was just doing my best Nate Silver impersonation. <laughs> is it just me, or is it is it just that show, or is it everybody in life now says like up until twelve months ago? Like I heard the term writ large like once a year. And now everybody says it. Huh. I can't say I've noticed that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that, on that podcast they say they say writ large at least six times an episode. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> did you listen to this week's episode? I haven't yet. No. Okay. Can I spoil the, po- the podcast real quick? the po- the podcast that's gotten gotten bad again. That's okay. I will spoil uh, one thing though. That's fine. They uh I think Micah uh alludes to uh what was his name? Harry Enten once. And then they say rest in peace. It's pretty good. <laughs> okay. So the New York Times article in the uh, dining the, section. The, fa- the failing New York Times. Mm-hmm. 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 We'll, we'll get back to that. Okay. Uh, there, there are nine ranked French fries uh, from worst to best real quick. There are shoestring fries, uh, also known as matchstick fries, apparently, depending on whether or not you're east or west of the Mississippi. Uh, there are steak fries. Which are ranked or, or very wedge low. or wedge fries? Mm, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> I think that's just a Florida thing, like Publix. Uh, they're curly fries at seven, at number seven. Waffle fries at number six. Crinkle cut fries at number five. Cottage fries, which with a cursory Google search, those are like if you just take a potato and you um, slice it into like twelve pieces and fry those. Uh, those aren't actually fries, but apparently those are number four. Uh, three country fair fries. Did not Google that. Don't actually know what that is. It seems like you might have to turn safe search on for that. Hmm. That's, that's, that's <laughs> weird. Usually, usually you're not the edgy one on this on this program. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're mixing things up here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, number two, bistro fries, also known as Euro fries, which I want no part of. <laughs> and then uh, number one, standard or thin fries, uh, also known as McDonald's fries, which that is the one thing that I will say is is correct. So this is part of their uh, Taste of Summer series. So real quick, I want to I want to cover or or find out more about the uh, the three on this list that aren't actually things. So what on earth is a bistro fry? Why well, you'd have to go to Europe to find out? Apparently, well, apparently, first result on Google has something to do with Bobby Flay. Wait, well, so this is like a super duper fry. I, I, those are just fries. 
Because like there are thin cut fries, which are like the McDonald's fry, and then there are standard fries. And then the other take on this would be maybe a crinkle cut fry. But no, bistro fries are just fries. So I've, so they, one of the things in the description here is talking about how they can be served with mussels. So I've had that's, that's some muscle. <laughs> well, but I, I've had muscle free before, and I'm trying to imagine like the fries that came with that were, and this was this was actually in Europe. This was in France, as a matter of fact. And the fries there, they were like really, really like kind of you know skinny, kind of crispy fries. I don't skinny skinnier than a McDonald's fry. Yes. Hmm. And I but don't not, think that's not what's quite being shoestring fries. Not quite shoestring fries, no. Hmm. Um, Euro bistro fries. So I'm I'm doing a Google search here as well. Um. Yeah these these look these look kind of just like fries to me. I don't. Yeah no like these these are super duper fries. Like they're a slightly thicker cut, but they're not steak fries. They're not that gross nonsense. Can, can we? Can I derail us for a moment? Some some also some additional important food follow up. This is your show. <laughs> I went to Super Duper. This was a little, little under two weeks ago now. Okay. Had not had the hamburger in a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm kind of a proponent and continue to be a proponent of the chicken sandwich there. It's very good. But I'm like, you know what? I, it's been a while since I've tried the, the burger. I know Carlos really likes this one. So I'm, I'm going to give it another try. Not my favorite. It it's kind of kind of greasy, mm-hmm. which I'm not a not a huge fan of. Um, I'm also not a huge fan of the fries there. I'm just I don't know. I'm not a not a big super duper guy. Chicken sandwich is good, but the rest of it I don't know. Did you get a single or a double? I think I got a double, which it maybe that was too much. But I don't you know what I don't even remember being asked. Is the default a double? No, you, you did you say super burger? I, I might have done that, yeah. That's the thing where my like you have to get it's it's just the I think it's actually called the mini burger. Is is the standard? Well, so, one, okay, well one that's, that's what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, a mini burger is not the standard burger. The, when I go into a restaurant called Super Duper, I presume the default burger is the Super Burger. Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be some type of Pixar Incredibles tie-in with that. Oh, I hope not. I think it's too regional. I've been seeing um, a lot of commercials for that, by the way. Yeah. It, We'll we'll get to that. Okay, very soon. Um, yeah. So with that, you you have to get the garlic fries. I haven't had their fries plain. I assume it's probably they're not as good unless you get the garlic fry variant. You're right. The chicken sandwich is very good. But yeah, you have to get uh, you have to get a mini burger with uh, cheese and bacon, and that's it. I think two patties is too much. It's too filling, and you're it. The burger is a little bit greasy. I will agree, but. The foil to that, or or to like the uh, on the other end of the spectrum, is like a burger that's very dry, which is like an In-N-Out burger, which is too dry. Like and any type of, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here. Like, but for like it not to be like a, a super dry meal, like all that stuff is coming from the cheese and and like the tomato and stuff on an In-N-Out burger, which which it's that's why you have a very limited window where the In-N-Out burger is good. So I, I I would say try a mini burger next time, but uh, the, the the chicken sandwiches is very serviceable too. Mm-hmm. And I know this isn't relevant to you, but the other thing with the the French fry situation there, and I, I know you you hate me for this, but I do tend to like a little bit of ketchup with my French fries. They 
they do like a homemade ketchup there. Mm-hmm. It's not very good. And I, I'm actually a really big fan of places that make their own ketchup. I really like that, and I, lo- I love trying different variations of ketchup. Mm-hmm. Theirs is not very good. Never tried it, but also, uh, I don't necessarily hate the, the ketchup thing. It's more of my philosophy is that if you feel fries need ketchup, you're eating bad fries. Not that fries can't be made better through ketchup, but if you need it. <laughs> so what do you do when you're at Super Duper? You're eating bad fries, and then you go to the ketchup, and the ketchup is bad, too. <laughs> then you cut your losses. You drive to Blue Barn. You get yourself a clubber. Now, and... we're, t- now we're talking. Okay. Um, did I ever... I, I'm, I'm sure I've told the story on the podcast about, um, about their fry chef situation. Oh, I, no. Is this the, the local one here? Yeah. So the one in, the one in Marin was... Um, when, it, when it opened up, I think, in 2013... Uh, I would. Go, <laughs> do you remember? You bet you remember the exact day, don't you? It, 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 not a lot happens here, so there's no. <laughs> it's not like one day, like just there's a there's like a thousand fucking scooters all over in. <laughs> it's we have very, we have very. There's a very low threshold for for it's. It this is not like a Maggie Haberman like New York Times type situation <laughs> where just there's so much news that you can't even keep up. Like it's no. This is kind of think of um, oh, second year Obama administration. It's kind of a slow news day most of the time. Got it. Okay. So, God, remember, remember that. Remember what that felt yeah, like. We're, we're not going to, yeah. yeah. Uh, um. So yes, yeah, so when it opened up, I was like, oh, cool. Like, so I'm like, the, the, look at this place. I because I'd never heard of Blue Barn before. Because uh, when I when I lived in San Francisco, uh, there was not a Blue Barn nearby, and I generally didn't spend a ton of time in the marina, so I didn't really know that it existed. So when I first uh, tried it, I was like, oh, like the expensive salads and, and sandwiches like no no thank you but a coworker uh got convinced me to try it and it was great but they had fries and then about six months after they opened they stopped having fries for about a, a period of nine months and i kept going like why like the two questions i had always about the restaurant was why do they own, why don't they accept american express which is such a weird thing uh for a place that's a, that's uh unreasonably expensive a lot of the time and like what happened to the fries? And they're like, "Oh yeah, we had a separate fry chef, but it didn't make sense, so we no longer have fries." Huh. So that that made no sense, and I think that was probably like a. It's not like I was, like I was confrontational about it, but like that was. <laughs> it's not like I'm like I I I demand a special I mean, inquiry. Or, I mean, you proceeded to throw a chair out a window, which you know I thought was a little excessive. But. No, I I am I am not a, a a Larry Bird or he's he's the chair throwing guy, right? Um, I did Larry Bird ever throw a chair? Who's who's the one that uh um, Bobby Knight Rob- is the is the coach, the college basketball coach who, who famously threw a chair across a court one time. Who's the one that Ron Swanson parodied in the episode of Parks and Rec where he throws a chair uh at a, like an 8-year-old's basketball game? I I think that was probably a Bobby Knight parody. Okay, and who did I say? Larry Bird. <laughs> Are they different people? Yes. Uh, is Larry Bird president of Bird Scooters? Maybe. Uh, wait, people so, are, so we, people are people are really getting their money's worth today. Oh yeah. Um, wait, so we have to finish the story. So is is the local Blue Barn up here? Does it still not have fries? No, no, it does. So that was the thing. So if there was like this nine month like dark period, um, and like then fries just magically appeared again. 
And I didn't dare ask, like, did you, so is the fry chef back? Like, what is the deal? <laughs> and so it, it's, it's fine. They still don't do online ordering, but, um, uh, it's, it, it's fine. Like I said, it wasn't, it's, it's not a very interesting story, but it is a dark period in, in Marin history. I, I, I find that pretty interesting. I, I'm convinced that the location that was near me in San Francisco didn't have fries for a while because I, I mean, the, 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 the fact that I would have missed them for so long until you mentioned something, I mean, maybe I did, but that just seems unlikely. Well, I think it's also the idea that you might look at the menu and think, oh yeah, like the fries are just there as a throwaway gag or a thing to appease children. But a lot of people, like the the less discerning um, restaurant goers, would be remiss to uh, ignore that and think of how much fries could um, uh, enhance a salad or a, one of their signature sandwiches. Yes. Have you ever ordered a grilled cheese there? No, because I am insanely particular about my grilled cheese, and because nobody in the continental U.S. makes a better grilled cheese than I. Um, I don't really, uh, want to, um, yeah. I, 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 this, I, I, is, I, this is a integral part of the secret project, right? It is, it is. Mm -hmm. But, um, also so many people don't, so we've, I assume we've talked about everything on like everything that could be talked about already. So this is all like, it's like the Simpsons. It's, it's all reused, <laughs> but grilled cheese, it, you, you, uh, so do you, what, uh, define a grilled cheese for me. Sourdough bread, okay. butter on the outside of both slices, you put the bottom slice down on an already warm pan, cheese, you can kind of throw anything in there, and I'll, I'll be no. pretty content. <laughs> okay. So what does that mean? I'll take a cheddar, I'll take a... What else can I do in a, in a grilled cheese? I mean, when I was really little, you know, American cheese would be fine. Now I would be a little less excited about that. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I guess I don't really know. A, a, a Gouda maybe? That might work. I think you're missing out if you don't try um, either a provolone, uh, a nice aged provolone, or pepper jack cheese. Ooh, okay. Provolone, I'm not as big of a fan of, but pepper jack I can get down with. You do you do pepper jack, and you do a nice side of uh, maybe a half cup of a tomato soup, and then your rainy day is made. There you go. But yeah, American cheese needs to needs to get out because I think that's something that, that that soils the youth of so many kids is that a lot of people are t uh, taught to think that a grilled cheese is a gross. Uh, is is two pieces of white sandwich bread with craft singles in the middle and that is one of the most disgusting things anybody could possibly eat so you want to you want to know something kind of funny slash gross an after school snack growing up for me would be a couple of pieces of american cheese sometimes uh, do we do we have to stop doing the show now <laughs> um, uh, um, hmm, hmm. <laughs> alone like literally, you'd yeah, open, you'd open uh, up the yeah, fridge. Yeah, alone in a dark room. Uh huh. The, the, the school bus dropped you off. Right. Um, you walked home. You opened up the fridge, and you saw there were craft singles in, uh, like, on the side of the refrigerator door. Right. And you took out two sli individually wrapped cell phones, cellophane slices, and you just ate them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even judging, but like that's. 
how is that filling? Like, cause I, cause I, I can, I get like, cause oh, you get a string cheese. Um, oh, oh yeah. I like a string that. cheese, like that mm-hmm. makes sense as like a filling snack, but like, uh, American cheese singles, like they don't, they don't like have any substance to them. Like they don't, they're like they're really like floppy. Like I, that, hmm. That's why I eat two of them. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the the lady the lady friend is horrified by that. She really dislikes American cheese. Sorry, I thought you meant that she was overhearing you right now. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I've I've shared this before, and she's reconsidering everything. <laughs> You're right. Um, hey, that could that could that could be an hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just craft singles in in a rosé. Just imagining. I'm just because, you know, we're going to have some, like, past or d'oeuvres, so I'm just imagining <laughs> just slices of American cheese being passed around. And it would it'd be passed around, of course, still in the uh, the, the, the paper, because, you know, it's part of the experience. You'd, you'd take that off. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, man. It's pretty good. What were we talking about? Hey, we, we should probably start over. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not um, uh, do you want to get back to this French fry article, or did, have we said? I got to close this. Th- I'm still not sure Larry Bird and Bobby Knight are different people. <laughs> um, a ba- quick basketball pivot check thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The coach, the coach of the Houston Rockets, is that the guy who took over the Lakers for like a season or two? Yes. Okay, but he's having much more success in Houston. Sort yes. Of. Right. Okay. All right. Um. So let's trace this conversation back. So Blue Barn and and the the Fry Chef thing, yeah, still an, uh, an unknown story. Eventually, uh, like maybe maybe one day, if it's super slow, I'll ask. Um, well, it's never super slow in Blue Barn, so good luck. The Marin one, if you catch it like at three thirty on the day that's not the farmers market, usually it's it's pretty empty. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay, but yeah, uh, uh, long story short, or TLDR, uh, Blue Barn Fries are great. Um, maybe the Fry Chef went on a mission to the marina to teach them how to make fries properly, in that, and that's how they magically appeared at that location and disappeared May- at this location. Hey, there you go. I like it's kind of yeah, like it's kind of like Johnny Ive can only be in so many places at one time. So when he's on a certain mm. project, they start certain other things fall off. Right. Yeah, can't innovate anymore. My ass. <laughs> um yeah okay i'm getting back to this fry article so so yeah so euro fries apparently are just slightly thicker french fries which are common at many places i actually i don't remember um because i haven't been there in a long time what are gots fries like um gosh oh well oh i i know why i don't know you know what i always you know what i always get there sweet Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which are really good no they're not like they literally <laughs> you're li- <laughs> you're trying to reclaim one night a week back so you're just saying the most infuriating things that yeah. on this project um okay hmm. hmm. i don't know if, i don't know if i've ever even had the regular fries there okay uh, looking at google um images uh, their fries seem to be a uh, uh, in, in between a apparently what's called a bistro fry and a um, a McDonald's fry. Yeah, that that checks out. 
Yeah. Okay. So we, yeah, we got we to gotta wrap this up because we have actual news to talk about. So <laughs> I don't know what... No. Well, no, I have to Google this too. What is a county fair fry? I, those just look like kind... Those look like McDonald's fries. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't see how that's a separate category. So the only thing I do want to get your judgment on is, is cottage fries. Have you ever had these potato slice style things? I mean, yeah, I guess so. Like, I, I guess I've thought of them more as like, um, what, what do you see them called in restaurants sometimes? Like home potatoes? Uh, home fries. Home, well, home fries, sure. But like in like a breakfast kind of situation? I think it's just home fries. Okay. Because you, cause you, can, you can have potato hash and a few other things, but that's, that's more of a hash brown style thing. Um, yeah, because like, because the Google image search actually shows two separate things. There's the one where it's kind, they're kind of like potato wedges or diced potatoes, and then there's the other one where they're just kind of like you, you just sliced a potato twelve times. Right. Yeah. Um, these can be good, but I, I, I dispute the very nature that they're fries. Like we're we're now like the Supreme Court. Like we're we're deciding what the basis of what we're arguing is. Like this this isn't. Like you, you just can't call it a fry just because it's made out of a potato. That's just that's not what it is. Exactly. Not all piece, not all computers are PCs, and not all PCs are computers. Right. I mean, what is a what is a computer? <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> okay. So what, right. what? What has happened to the show? I apologize. Everybody can get a refund for the premium subscription or, or, <laughs> or our Patreon page. Um, I think Hover's going to back out of the sponsorship this week. Yeah, maybe we'll get a uh, we'll get we'll get Super Duper to sponsor after I said their burgers too greasy and their ketchup's gross. <laughs> if we're being honest, most ketchup is gross, so that's that that, that story checks nah, out. I, I, so, I, I disagree. Okay, so steak fries are are the worst. So that's super super accurate. Shoestring fries, I dis I also kind of dispute like the because matchstick fries and shoestring fries are different. I generally would have called uh, McDonald's fries shoestring fries, but apparently that's more of a, um, yeah, semantical thing. All right. Um, so two other things relate. Do you have any other fry stuff? <laughs> I hope not. I'm uh, I'm fried out. Okay. You're too well done. Okay. <laughs> I um, extra extra crispy, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Have you tried that at In and Out yet? I haven't. Mm-mm. You got to do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so I, I joke about the New York Times, but I have two the, two the, other th- the fa- the failing New York Times. Mm-hmm. So I have, I have two other bits of pre follow up related to this. So uh, you're a subscriber to the New York Times, right? I am the the uh, the, fa- the failing New York Times. Yeah, mm, it's, it's way funnier the fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we we have kind of like a Roger a Roger Ebert Gene Siskel thing going right now. Kind of um that's you know when, when people write reviews in the show that's that's usually what they say yeah um how often do they bill you for your subscription monthly i think they don't what do you what do you mean yeah so this is a very because i was uh, updating some passwords recently uh i'm still not on one password seven just because i refuse to update my mac from el capitan or whatever the whatever the 10.11 is called um but i clicked on my account to update that and they don't bill you monthly. They bill you every four weeks, which means you're paying 13 times a year. Hmm. And I'm totally fine with that, but it's vaguely sneaky, and it's, 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 very, it's, it's very coastal elite. Hmm. If you know what I mean. Um, yeah, so that, that, that's kind of weird. 
Maybe maybe that's why they've had the big boost in revenue over the last couple of years. Yeah, if, if that thirteenth payment is what is what uh, <laughs> keeps Mikey B from taking a vacation, I <laughs> I'm all for it. Um, and the second bit of uh, New York Times follow-up is there's a new uh, documentary series that debuted this weekend on Showtime called The Fourth Estate. Oh, which... you mean as as advertised on the Daily? <laughs> yes. Which seems seems a little weird, but any, yes, any, but also anyway. so there's a second part to that that's kind of meta too. So uh, so it debuted um, uh, uh, this weekend, and it takes a look at the uh, first tumultuous year of the uh, the Trump administration and how the New York Times uh, deals with that. Um, so I've only watched one episode so far, but it's actually pretty great. Um, it has bits of Michael Barbaro sprinkled in, which I thought was fun. Um, but it's it's pretty compelling overall. Has like a bit of drama to it, but it's not like super manufactured or weird. I think like each episode of the four part series is about an hour and a half. Um, so it's it's a good watch when you don't really have much else to do. And you you have Showtime. Uh, I am using the one month free trial that they advertise in the, in the, in the, um, on the daily and I do not intend to renew. Huh. Okay. There's just not much on there because people keep yeah. telling me I should watch billions, but I don't need another TV show. Yeah, no, I'm not, not interested in that. Yeah. Um, I am kind of vaguely interested in that. Um, I think it's called succession that they keep advertising in front of a lot of the HBO shows. I don't know that one. It's something about like some some old guy and his family's struggles for um, control of a media empire, and it's written by or it's it's either produced or the story or the ideas from uh, what's his face, uh, the guy who wrote all the financial books, Michael Lewis. Yeah, the guy who wrote the Big Short. Yeah, Michael Lewis. Got it. Yeah. So hopefully that's good. But also the the last bit of uh, related to this is I find it extremely meta that the. The New York Times wrote a review of a documentary series uh, that was uh, that just does nothing but cover the New York Times about a documentary series I learned about from an advertisement on a New York Times podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Seems very, uh, a very uh, like sixteenth century Britain. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about other things? Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, basketball. Okay. Okay. Did you watch any of the of the uh, final round of the conference finals? I did. I had a kind of a busy weekend, so I I didn't really watch much of uh, the two game sevens that happened. Um, I did go. I went to I went to game four last week at um, Oracle or Arena or Oracle, as, as you like to call it. You beat me to it. Um, <laughs> cool. <clears throat> Uh, just somebody had a spare ticket or did you like stub up it? Yeah, no, we, a uh, friend of a friend, um, either like works for the team or like knows someone who does, um, and was able to get us like face value tickets. So, you know, ended up paying still a relatively high price, but, but not, not too bad. Um, oh, that's, that's like 80 bucks, right? Ish. Mm, a little more than that, but. Okay. Um, it was fun. Yeah. I, I never been to. I've only been to one playoff game in my whole life, and it was like a first round game. Um, so this was like the first conference final game I had ever been to. Um, I don't I mean, remember. They, yeah, the win? Warriors lost. The Warriors lost, but hmm. uh, and this was this was not not game. Yeah, game four. Yeah, that was the one I was at. Yeah, they they lost. But you know, I just wanted a good game, and and it was. 
maybe you were secretly cheering for the Lakers, and that's why they didn't have. <laughs> they, there was it was it strength in numbers, but with you there, it was minus one. Right, exactly. Because uh, you were you were you know you were thinking about um, what was his nickname? What's one of Kobe's nicknames? Uh, the well, there's the Black Mamba. There's what other nicknames did he have? That that was kind of like his main one. Hmm. Kobe Wan Kenobi is not actually a nickname. No, mm, I don't mm, think that's mm. true. Uh, Google now. Nope. Okay. Nope. All right. Um. So yeah, so I, I watched both game sevens, and I watched a bit of the other stuff. Do you? Hmm, I, I. How do you feel about like showy players in in the NBA and the NFL when when they're celebrating? uh like their own individual achievement like if something makes a really good shot but it's a close game and you ultimately end up losing like how do you feel about somebody who was showy on the court not a big fan of that yeah the the rockets were doing a lot of that that and that that's what that's one of the things i like about the warriors is they're a really good team and but for the most part there's a really quiet confidence to them like i know that some players are more demonstrative of of their excitement but there's a lot like mainly curry and also i think uh durant's pretty low-key or am i not am i not just paying close enough attention i mean they sometimes get kind of fired up but they also back up what they do with their play and i think you make a, a good point about houston i would put the clippers from the past few seasons into the same category where and the the wizards too they you know kind of talk a big game and are kind of showy on the court but they don't actually have any victories to show for it god there's <clears throat> there's nothing hanging from the rafters in the staples center that that's his clippers on it exactly mm-hmm. all right uh so yeah i'm, I'm excited to, for the finals oh, like uh, does this bore you or do you think this is going to be an exciting uh matchup again of the Cavs and the and the warriors i mean in principle the same two teams meeting again doesn't bore me but this particular matchup does because the the Cavaliers are just not a very good team. Like it's, it's crazy. They've made it to the finals. I mean, it, it speaks to just how God awful the Eastern conferences, but I mean, this, this, this series should go no more than like five games. And I don't think any, any of the games are going to be particularly close. So I, for, from that perspective, I'm, I'm a little bummed out. Hmm. Okay, so you, so you say you say uh, Warriors in five. I think I think that's probably about right. Okay. Um. Oh, so uh, related to this, uh, skip mode on TiVo. I really wish, and I know logistically this will probably never happen, and it's probably super illegal. But if they were to make a next gen skip mode, <clears throat> or like a skip uh, skip mode ten, if you will, um, if they found a way to mute the commercials, I would be so happy. So like the little bit of commercial you get at the beginning and the end, you'd, you'd want that muted? No, if there was just a way when you're watching live TV that somebody in, in oh, Alviso figured out how to send a thing to your, uh, to your TiVo that just said mute this because this is garbage. Yeah, don't, don't, even suggest, don't even put that out there because I feel like skip mode is already too good to be true. And if you suggest something like this, it's going to catch someone's attention and they're going to take it away. Yeah, maybe. But like I, I, watching live sports is such a mess. Like especially like with, with with Giants games and stuff. Like it it's local advertisers and and the site like the number of total ads that they're running in a, like in a 3-hour game is pretty low, so it gets repetitive. 
like on a, on a TNT, like I don't care about all the shows they're advertising on TNT and the commercials are always louder than the actual game. And it's just, I, I always mute the TV whenever I can. I just, I hate being marketed to in that way. So, hmm. all right. And then rounding out the basketball stuff, you wanted to talk about, or at least highlight a story in the ringer about some weird, probably not conspiracy theory, maybe it is uh, about the 76ers. So th- this is truly one of the most bizarre stories I've come across in a while, and that's saying something in the times that we currently live in. Um, so a little bit of context here. Brian Coangelo, who's the, um, I guess he's a, like president of uh, basketball operations is, is his exact title in the 76ers, basically runs the, the basketball side of the Philadelphia 76ers franchise pretty well-respected guy around the league. His dad's also been heavily involved in like USA basketball and a bunch of other things. And the ringer yesterday wrote this just fascinating story about how they had gotten an anonymous tip a handful of months ago, indicating that someone felt like there were these five kind of strange Twitter accounts that shared a lot of in commonality around who they followed what they posted about, um, and it was all kind of like NBA and and more often than not 76ers related, and even more bizarrely, um, seemed to say a lot of negative things about some of the players and actually revealed some like private medical information about some of the players. And this anonymous source said, you know, hey, I, you should do some digging here because I, I think this actually might be like secret accounts from Brian Coangelo. And the rigor, you know, did their own exhaustive kind of investigation around this, which I'll put the story in the in the notes and it would encourage people to read this. And so they they're pretty adamant that these accounts belong to Coangelo. Although shortly before we started recording, of course, since the story came out, people have been doing their own investigation. And so, you know, there's a feature in Twitter where you can um, you know, help recover your password by sending a, a code to your mobile phone if you've if you've given them your mobile number. Mm-hmm. And and evidently three of the accounts have um the same phone number or at least a phone number that ends in the same like two or three digits. And somehow people found out that it's the same two or three digits that his wife's phone number ends in. So now people think that maybe the accounts actually belong to his wife. I don't, it's it's a just a really really crazy story, um, and it's going to be interesting to see how it kind of continues to unfold because he continues to deny it's him, but if it ends up even being someone close to him like his wife, then so I guess my question is: Is there anything wrong with this? Well, there is because I mean, th- th- there's a couple of things. One is when you're running a team and you're secretly kind of saying negative things about your players. I mean, that's just not, that's just not a good look. But then the more serious thing is there were a couple of examples that the ringer provided in their article where he seemed to be talking about, um, physicals and other medical tests that, you know, are, were not allowed to be spoken about publicly, which he did. And that's, you know, that's a pretty big issue. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's hmm. it. 
makes you wonder how somebody got sent down this rabbit hole. Because it's kind of a weird thing to present to your editors, be like, "Yeah, I really want to chase down these like weird five, like this these five Twitter accounts because I have a hunch that it's this guy." Well, there is a so I mean, you almost certainly have heard the phrase like NBA Twitter. Yeah, like it's it, it's a it's a thing, and so even if this were one of the other sports, I I, I bet there'd been a bit of skepticism in the editorial room around this, but given how kind of fascinating and interested in that people are around NBA Twitter. I think that's probably what got the, got the story moving. Hmm. And NBA Twitter is similar to political Twitter. <laughs> no, I just mean like in the sense that like, they're kind of like just distinct subcultures where there are like, yeah. Like is it, is it that widespread or is it, is it? Yeah, no, it is like who, who, who can who consists of NBA Twitters? Is it the players themselves or is it mainly media types? And and passionate fans. It's all all the above, which is what makes it so interesting. Hmm. Yeah, NBA players are so much more active on social media than than uh, specifically like baseball players, but also I think by design and uh, NFL players too. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't see any of the Golden Knights on Twitter. <laughs> they probably don't have service. Ooh. Um. Okay, so people should go listen to, uh, or not listen to, or who knows? Maybe maybe there's a spoken word version of that podcast or of that article. Uh, should go read that on on the Inst paper or, or what have you. All right, let's 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 bank through some follow up real quick. Um, scooters apparently, uh, uh, Bird is uh, to become. Is that, the, is that Larry Bird, the one that threw the chair? No, it's his company, Bird oh. Scooters Incorporated. Oh. Because uh, okay, his his second act as a philanthropist is to litter the streets of of Northern California and San Diego with fucking scooters nobody asked for. <laughs> Except if you open up this Bloomberg article, the picture they have of this guy drinking Starbucks on a scooter makes me so angry. Or it it just it just um, combines everything that I hate about San Francisco. So it's like the only thing that would make it better is if it was like boba tea or something. <laughs> Um, oh, he's wearing AirPods too. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. And he's wearing uh, but it's probably a two hundred fifty dollars hoodie, uh, because that's his executive hoodie. I just I, I'm closing this tab now. So Bird is apparently uh, raising one hundred fifty million dollars at a one billion valuation because apparently that's that's how things work now. Um, and then also uh, related, this was a couple of days before. Uh, Vice is reporting that uh, the city of San Francisco is going to make the streets uh, scooter-free for um, the month of June. I don't know if there's any updates to this as of yet, but apparently everybody needs to remove all the scooters from the streets in order to be able to apply for a uh, permit to legally replace the scooters. Good. Yep. Um, in some media news, uh, Alex Inc., the television adaptation of the Gimlet Media story uh, starring Zach Braff, Zach Braff has been canceled. Let's let's pour out a craft single for, for Zach Braff. <laughs> yeah, Actually, the, let's, the, let's unwrap a craft single. I apologize, not pour out. the The lady friend's parents actually had seen an episode or two of that show and said it was okay. Hmm. I did. I did not follow up and watch it myself because I I've. Yeah, I'll, similar to my podcast debt, have a very bad TV deck going right now. Yeah, I, I watched one episode and it was not very good, and I did not. I was not inclined to watch another. 
but that that brings up so what what is in your tv debt right now if you don't mind i i assume uh westworld is in it yeah so i i haven't even started watching this most recent season of westworld um the new season of arrested development or at least the first half of it came out yesterday but um we're still re-watching season four so we haven't started season five yet um I mean, I guess that's, that's... No, it's, it's okay. As a middle-aged person, it's okay for two things to be the entirety of your debt. Yeah. Because life's yeah. busy. Right. Well, and I feel like, you know, with TV, like that's, you know, when you're getting even just two shows, that's all of a sudden, that's many hours of programming. It is. Who are, the, who are these people that have the time to say like, oh yeah, I binged an entire series on my weekend. What, then, uh, what hell, what, how is nothing else going on in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what a life to have nine hours to do nothing. (laughs) Yeah, you got got algae to attend to. (laughs) Damn, Um, damn right. (laughs) Uh, You know, I brought brought the pool water back in this weekend. Perfect score. Wait, the what? I I I took uh, I took took some pool water back into the store this weekend, and the test results are perfect. (laughs) What? Because you said you said you said the algae the algae stuff that I had to attend to. And now, now it's gone. But wait, I'm sorry. You 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 took it in like you took a dog to the vet. Like what, I do, I don't get the part where you said you took the water in. Yeah, well that that's how you it's how you test the water. I mean, you you can get you know testing kits that you do yourself at home, but otherwise they, there's these little bottles that you can fill up, and then you bring it in the full store, and then they they test it for you. Huh. It seems like something that would be disrupted. It seems like there would be there would be some startup that that's advertising on a pool related podcast like a smart a smart pool tester maybe yeah like who, who's the casper of pools marketing <laughs> marketing bad products to people maybe maybe this is our million dollar idea no no it's not um uh what were we talking about yeah oh, so yeah scooters uh, so, french, french oh, no. fries i think yeah okay so alex inc has been canceled um that's that's a shame um not not really nothing Anyway, uh, other media news. Uh, Roseanne. No, we're not talking about that. Nope. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, Star War. Uh-huh. Uh, so should I get my review or do you want to do yours first? <laughs> Let's hear yours first. Uh, did not see. Yeah. Have you seen it? I have. How, what'd you think? It was fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I, I I'm glad that when I when I walked out of the theater and then kind of read some reviews and things afterwards, it was kind of interesting how closely most of the reviews matched the way that I felt about it, which is it's a perfectly fine movie. It's entertaining. There's some cool sequences, but it's it's kind of just, you know, you don't really walk out of there feeling the need to like talk about it. It's not particularly memorable. It's just it's just kind of, you know, it's it's a perfectly fine action movie. Jeez, like I mean, I, I I say like that sounds negative just because that sounds like you're describing like a Michael Bay film. Well, and that's you know I think that's where a lot of people's concerns have come in because and this is we'll link this to this failing New York Times article, um, <laughs> where it's, it's like you have a verbal text expander, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, where you know I, the people are now worrying about their this being the first sign of like Star Wars fatigue. Which is possible. I mean, this movie's coming out less than five months or almost, I guess, exactly five months after uh, The Last Jedi. But I don't know. I see sort of the bigger issue here being this movie just kind of was doomed from the start. 
I think a lot of people were against the premise. Like Gruber's been on Twitter making this point, which is not something I had considered, but I thought was kind of interesting, where part of the sort of intrigue with the character of Han Solo is he makes a lot of references to things that have happened in his past, but then you're kind of just left to kind of imagine them and wonder about them. And then this movie kind of just like lays it out there and is like, hey, here's exactly what happened. So a lot of people, I think, were kind of against the premise at first. Um, I mean, you also had a lot of people, and I, I agree more with this view, which is, you know, Harrison Ford is one of like the greatest actors of the last 50 years. And so the idea that someone is going to come in and play like a younger version of one of his most iconic characters, that's that's just not something that seems like it's going to really work out. And then there was all kinds of production issues, which I think we've talked a little bit about on the show before. So you, you kind of take all that together. And again, I think this, this movie was kind of doomed, you know, even before it, it came out. So I, I tend to think that this is more of a, a one-off kind of issue and not a sign that people are just already tired of Star Wars. Um, but, you know, but we'll see. I mean, I think it's, um, I think it's good that this wasn't the, fir- the first Star Wars movie that Disney put out. I think they've built up a lot of goodwill with the two episodic movies, episode seven and eight have both been really good and have been generally pretty well received. And then even the first standalone movie they did rogue one a couple of years ago, that was really, really well received. So, you know, I think not every movie that they put out is going to be a hit. And, you know, I think this is probably the the first of what will probably not be the last, but is, is hopefully the exception, not the rule. Yeah, like I, I have, I have no pony in this race, but like I think that, like it, it really feels like it. Hmm. With a lot of the takes I've been reading about this, like a lot of people seem to be comparing Star Wars, the the rate at which Star Wars movies are being released, to the rate at which uh, Marvel universe movies are being released, mm-hmm. and like maybe I'm wrong, and and maybe this is just like the house of mouse and they just they they need to milk everything for as much money as they possibly or like bleed everything for as much money as they possibly can but like i i always thought that like star wars was like a super super valuable prestige franchise and two movies a year or like or like two movies in a six month period like that just seems like way too much and i assume star wars relies on or at least modern day star wars relies on kind of a broad-based appeal of where you're trying to placate the people who grew up with the original uh, six or seven movies and also bring on new people. But like, it feels like Disney is treating it as like, though it's just because like the Marvel universe thing I'm unfamiliar with, like, but it, but like, there's a lot of different ways they can go about it, but it feels like star Wars just is, is like, can't or shouldn't be, diluted that way well okay so i I i was talking to a friend about this very same thing today and i i i get all of that but here i guess here's my couple of counterpoints the first is i it is interesting it is an interesting comparison to the marvel universe especially because they're both kind of in the in the disney umbrella now and that the thing with the marvel setup is it's kind of been that way from the start where you you've kind of there's there's always been this deluge of Marvel movies that have come out starting with the first Iron Man movie so it's just kind of what people have come to expect 
which is very different than Star Wars, right? Where we had three movies in the late 70s and early 80s that were all two, three years apart from one another. There was then this, you know, 15-year gap. And then there were three more movies again, which came out a few years apart. And then there was, you know, basically another 15-year gap. And then now all of a sudden we're getting one movie a year. So it's a very different cadence. So we've just, we've never had that before. So I, but I think, you know, my response to that is we're just in a different era now. I mean, this is, you know, (laughs) for the foreseeable future, there's never going to be a situation where there's only one Star Wars movie coming out every few years. In fact, I would be surprised if there's only going to be one Star Wars movie a year going forward. I think we'll start to see even more than that. And I just think that comparing the time that we're in now to the 70s, 80s, and 90s is just, it's just not a fair comparison. That's just the way Star Wars is going to be now. But well, I think... Well, so, well, to interrupt, like, I I think that's true. And I think you're absolutely right that that's how Disney would approach it. Because, like, that's because Disney's a soulless... Like, that. that's their whole point is to... They have intellectual property and they have a captive audience. And they're trying to figure out literally... It's like, it's like an economic optimization equation. Like, they're trying to think, like, literally how much of this one thing can we shove out in the marketplace before people start... Uh, going and well like so, rewatching the notebook or something. So hold on though. I, I don't I don't think that's quite fair because I think the the second point here is is related to the first point. And I the the reason why the Marvel universe is able to churn out so many movies and how I mean there are some people who talk about Marvel fatigue, but by and large people don't really complain about that with with that universe. And I think the reason is because there are all kinds of really diverse, interesting characters in that setup. And so, you know, when the the latest Thor movie comes out and then the latest Captain America movie comes out six months later, they're like two completely different, interesting things that while related also stand alone on their own really well. And that's if Disney's going to start pumping out one to two Star Wars movies a year, that's what they're going to have to do with Star Wars too, where they're going to have to develop new, interesting characters who have stories that people connect to and the idea that you're just going to churn out a prequel movie about an existing beloved character and have that be a hit that's that's just not very imaginative and so i think but how 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 much attention do you think the audience has for that because like to give you i think i think a ton a ton this the star wars universe is really really cool well, but what about the Vince Gilligan universe? Like, what if AMC was like, you know what? Like, people love Breaking Bad. People mostly like Better Call Saul. So, you know, what? Let, let's let's all let's let's give uh, Skyler her own show where she she does like sketchy accounting. On no, the side. And, no. And let's, so that's, and let's but that, let's, so let's 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 bring Hank back to life. No, like, but you how, see, but, no, but you're but so you're missing the point there though, which hmm. is the the fact that this movie was about Solo was that that's. That's that's wrong from the get-go. Don't make it about an existing character. And in fact, one of the things that made Rogue One, which was the first standalone Star Wars movie they did a couple of years ago, so interesting is because it was all new characters and they were really good characters and they engaged in this really, really tense, fun story. Like Rogue One is 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 in a lot of ways like exactly what Disney needs to do going forward, especially with these standalone movies. And then Solo is like exactly what they shouldn't do. Where they're with Solo, they're kind of just tapping into an existing character and portraying him in a way that people just are that just isn't very interesting. 
And that's what they need to go out and do is not have every movie be about, you know, the original cast of characters and telling the same stories that we know about. They need to go tell new stories with new characters. And and the the possibilities around that are endless. Yeah. Yeah, I still disagree. Who, Who owns Harry Potter? That is Warner Brothers. Like, so why can't they do this? They are. That's what do you the, mean? <laughs> in fact, Wait, one, oh, of, God, oh. one of the one of the trailers to oh. one of the trailers before Solo was the second. They're doing this like prequel series, and the the second one in that series is coming out later this year. I literally made it up, and, and apparently Hollywood is literally out of ideas. <laughs> so the made up thing is actually the thing. And I well, I but know. see, they're they're also kind of doing a thing where. The I mean I actually haven't seen the first one, but my understanding is that it's it's telling a story that is largely new characters and a story that the audience doesn't really know much about. Because again, like the like a problem with Solo is basically everything that happened to him we had heard about. You know exactly like where the movie's got to end, like you know where he's going to end up. So. You know, it just it just isn't very creative, and I I do I do really think that if Disney finds a way to introduce new characters and tell different types of stories, and even have these movies take you know different kinds of tones, like I think again, Rogue One's a good example where it was a much much darker movie than most of the other Star Wars movies, and I think if they do more of that. They could totally get away with putting out one or two of these a year, but if they just cut, copy, and paste characters and retell stories over and over again, that's people are going to get bored with that really quick. Because the the novelty around Star Wars being back, that I think is what's already kind of pe- people are over that. So now you know now just putting Star Wars in front of something isn't enough. It probably was with Episode Seven a few years ago. But now people are going to expect these to be actually good movies. And that's exactly what people expect from the Marvel movies. And even though I'm I'm not personally into many of those from, you know, from the from my friends who's, who are, they say those movies are legitimately really good. And that's what makes it possible. Uh, last bit related to this. Has the marketing for movies, mainly Star Wars, but actually this has been happening with like, what's, what's that god awful movie that's related to superheroes that's over marketed? The one that just came out, um, like the guy's red. Oh, uh, Deadpool sounds plausible. Like, ha- it seems like there's a whole lot of like there's a new trend in marketing movies where like literally there are thirty other cross promotional things. Like, well, they they will like go link up with other brands and do like this hybrid marketing where movies and their characters are literally inescapable for the month up to a uh, movie's release like that seemed that, that's 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 always been that way i don't think it is like like that like that the red guy like that that was everywhere like the solo movie like the marketing was 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 non-stop there too i don't know it's it seems a little excessive like i i i sympathize with anybody of the opinion where like it's 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 moviegoer fatigue yeah, I don't know if you if you were to look at the months of April and May any year of us growing up, you would have been inundated with the summer blockbuster movies that were about to come out. That's it. That's always been that. It's always been that way. 
I guess maybe because it's like we live in a multi-channel world. Like back then, like, yeah, there were four channels. So therefore, like, of course, like if you if you paid money to have your ad for uh, uh, episode one to run during like home improvement on channel seven or something like that, there weren't so many different ways. Like you weren't being inundated with Instagram ads and Twitter ads and, and uh, outdoor ads and billboards and TV ads, like and just like it being literally everywhere. I think I think it was a simpler time. Yeah, maybe <laughs> in in many ways. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's uh, mobile payments. Apparently, you put a thing in here about you think like the the leader in mobile payments is either Apple Pay because they've had pretty good penetration recently on their thing. But yeah, there's there's kind of a turns out here, which is according to Quartz, uh, Starbucks is the biggest player in mobile payments of anybody. Yeah. So then the way they define this is people using that payment method at least once every six months. And when you use that measure, they project for the year of, in 2018 this year that 23.4 million people are going to use Starbucks's app to pay, followed by Apple Pay at 22 million. It's really, really interesting. And, and you know, I, I think anecdotally, I totally believe that because when you walk into a Starbucks, I would say the overwhelming majority of people I see pay with the app. Whereas, you know, people paying with apple pay is still something like i i see it every once in a while but it's not i wouldn't describe it as being super common does starbucks support apple pay i've you know what i've never been clear on that i don't i don't know and i'm too afraid to try (laughs) i like that that's a real fear um (laughs) yeah because i remember do you remember there was a thing where somehow like they were like oh yeah we're linking up with square and then six months later, you're, nobody understood what the partnership was. Well, then they they scrapped it. But what was what was the deal? I I I, I don't even remember really. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, this does make total sense. And the one thing I will applaud, and also um, kind of um, uh, what do you call, admonish Starbucks for, is that Starbucks has su- uh, successfully turned like they've done the thing where you have to turn your like good old American money into start into monopoly money first. And they made it so that everybody's okay with that. Because like when you, when you make an order inside the Starbucks app, you can't just say, okay, the, this, this breakfast sandwich and this uh, espresso is $7 and 10 cents. You have to buy a gift card inside of the Starbucks app for $10. You have to like reload this virtual Starbucks gift card in order to make a purchase. Like I, I'm so surprised that nobody cares that that's weird and kind of and vaguely sketchy. So some some real time follow up here, and this will be in the notes as well. When, so Starbucks has a fact sheet about how to pay at Starbucks, and there's <laughs> is it called a fact sheet. It is, yeah. Um, and so Apple Pay is one of the categories here. And that section says customers can use Apple Pay to reload their Starbucks card through the Starbucks mobile app for iOS. In addition, Starbucks is rolling out Apple Pay in the U.S. with plans to roll out the service nationally in 2016. <laughs> so, Wait, what? Yeah. So I'm. So I don't really know. I mean, I think they're the pin pads that you see at most Starbucks do look like the ones that generally have. NFC capability. So it seems plausible, but again, I'm I just know what's going to happen if I try and just picture this because I know you would feel exactly the same way. 
you would go to hold up your phone. Mm-hmm. The barista would then go to scan your phone. You would then say, oh, no, 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 I'm not using the app. I'm trying to use Apple Pay. And then they would say, no, you can't do that. And then it would be hugely embarrassing. And then they wouldn't make you your coffee. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, delayed real-time follow-up. Uh, the Santa Fe Safeway does not take Apple Pay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to last week's Apple Pay confidence uh, thing. Again, I, I if had I left my wallet in the car, I would have had some <laughs> some energy drinks and uh, and uh, two pounds of bananas that I could not pay for. <laughs> Um and so what what which location was this? Uh this is the Terra Linda one. Got it. Huh, that's that's too bad. Yeah, and and their self-checkout machines run on an entirely different operating system or like it looks different than uh most other Safeways. So yeah. Strange. Um what else? Okay. Uh before we get into actual things, because we're, we're two hours into this, so much for a short show. Uh, a Tesla Model S owner uh, using their vehicle on autopilot uh, struck a Laguna Beach parked uh, police car this morning. Uh, the Laguna Beach uh, PD, being savvy social media uh, people, posted it on Twitter with hashtag Laguna Beach, hashtag police, hashtag Tesla. <laughs> well i mean in in their defense they're getting back to the you know kind of original use of hashtags <laughs> hashtag make orange county great again mm. like it's uh, this is the tesla thing again we're not gonna talk much about this but i just feel when when uh autopilot was originally launched and again, like, I don't know how to search. I don't know how to put it into the Google for it to tell me what I want. But like, I just remember Tesla being really, really um, confident and uh, maybe in retrospect overpromised a lot about what autopilot is or was or should be. I don't know. Like, it feels like they're trying to backtrack a whole lot of that being like, oh, yeah, autopilot is barely better than cruise control. Like, I think that's Tesla's current, like, PR statement. And and like they're like oh yeah everybody else everybody who drives our cars is using it wrong so please stop getting into accidents and blaming us right so no I, I think I think that's that's totally true the the messaging around autopilot today is very different than what it was when it first came out yeah and then related uh, Tesla has settled a class action lawsuit over uh, delays to the autopilot updates um, autopilot is the system that runs that uh, whole autonomous thing. Uh, and people will be getting between twenty and two hundred and eighty dollars if you bought or leased a car with enhanced autopilot uh, last year. And last bit of follow up before we talk about WWDC, which will probably be the only topic today due to time. Uh, iOS eleven point four is out, and that brings two features that are um, that can you can safely use the term finally: uh, iMessage Match and AirPlay two. Yes. Have you turned on iMessage Match? I have. So I've been having an issue for the last few weeks where messages have been just woefully out of sync between my Mac and my phone. And I'll sort of inconsistently get notifications between the two. Whereas like that always used to work pretty reliably for me. 
And so I'm, I'm kind of just desperate for that to be fixed. What's so strange about the whole iMessage in the cloud rollout, though, is when you update to 11.4, it's not on by default. There's no prompt to tell you to turn it on. And I had to do a Google search to find out even how to turn it on because it's buried in like the iCloud menu setting area. And then what I, and I figured this was going to be the case was, you know, there needs to be a corresponding Mac OS update for it to work on the Mac. And that hasn't come out yet. <laughs> so iMessage in the cloud is out there, but only on iOS so far. So is it turned on on your phones? Yes. Or sorry, phone singular. I um, you don't have a day and a night phone. No. What I mean, what I mean, or what I uh, what I want to know is, do you have uh, your iPad also receives your iMessages, right? It does, but I have not updated that to eleven point four. Like what I what I'm wondering is how does it wreck? Because I assume like the threads you've deleted are probably just because that that's one of the things that this feature is meant to solve, which is that like whenever you got like a text message from like some random person or like there's some like two-factor authentication code that was sent to your devices like you had to delete that on each device because it got delivered everywhere so so the thing that happens when you turn it on mm -hmm. is similar to um like when you turn um iCloud photo library or iCloud backup on for the first time and you have a bunch of photos that need to get uploaded to iCloud where you'll see a little status in the bottom, or you'll actually even see this too if you've taken a bunch of photos and you've been like in airplane mode or just like in a bad cellular area or just not on Wi-Fi for a long period of time. Because then when you connect to Wi-Fi, you'll see that little status at the bottom that says, oh, we're uploading, you know, one of 200 pictures or whatever. So when you turn on iMessage in the cloud, you get that same little status at the bottom of the messages app that says, you know, your phone should be connected to Wi-Fi and power in order to upload your messages. So I think what it's probably doing is it's taking all of the threads on all of your devices, uploading them to the cloud, and then probably doing some kind of dupe check there, and then pushing back the same copy across all your devices. So in other words, if you had four devices, you deleted an old thread on three of them, I think if that thread is present on one of the devices, it'll get pushed back to all of them again until you delete it again, which would then delete it from all the devices. I haven't tested it, but I think that's how it would probably work. That makes sense in being, in being the least destructive. So, yeah. And then for AirPlay 2, have you had a chance to test this out with your HomePods? Like, have you been able to create a <laughs> stereo pair? Or um, uh, have so, you guys not unpacked those yet? <laughs> no, they did. They're still in the boxes. Um, so we don't have any HomePods, but, and I haven't talked about this on the show yet because it's new and I don't have a lot to say yet and it probably won't for a little bit of period of time until we're, we're a little bit more set up. Um, but we do have a Sonos one in the house now. Ooh. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a, um, that was a, a an early wedding gift. So that, that was very nice. Um, and it brings with it the promise of airplay too although i, I don't i think it needs an i think the device itself needs an update to support it i'm not sure it supports it today um but i i am i am curious to try out the airplay too and airplay too if you don't have a home pod is mostly just reduced latency right i don't know i it's it's funny because i know they talk a lot about that on upgrade 
But I, I don't recall Apple ever mentioning AirPlay 2 being faster. Like, it's got to be. Because I, mean, like, I know sometimes people exaggerate, but it is literally at least like maybe a quarter like or like a second and a quarter of of, of delay well it, it's it's inconsistent i think it, it it's sometimes it seems like it's pretty quick other times there is a noticeable delay which is kind of actually what makes it even more frustrating yeah okay uh and then yeah so that's it so let's let's get into apple stuff real quick so wwc uh is kind of sneaking up on everybody sort of or maybe it's just it's the the new cycle we're in but uh it's next week it's crazy, yeah. And and Apple has successfully. Oh, well, so I want to know what what is your t- your take? Is it that Apple has somehow successfully doubled down on secrecy? No. Or is this going to be kind of like a tumbleweeds year? This will be a tumbleweeds year. <sighs> maybe, yeah, maybe. I think um, the I think the only the only small possibility of hardware will be simple, just spec bumps in in the existing MacBook Pros and. That's that's been that's effectively been leaked because if you go and try to order a new MacBook Pro now, most of them are pushed back until um, after the start of WWDC that started like a couple of weeks ago. So that's probably going to happen. But you know, no no new hardware outside of that. And I, I think I think iOS twelve and whatever the next version of macOS is, I think will be both very you know kind of minor iterative updates. Yeah, so, so sorry, sorry to be a downer, but I, I no, I I don't I don't think this has anything to do with Apple being more successful with being uh, secretive. I just don't think there's I don't think there's been anything interesting to leak. Hmm. Yeah, on Apple's website, all, all the MacBook Pros ship next day, so that's. Hmm. Oh, where is that? Uh, if you go to apple.com or, or sorry, it's so I I still don't get I can't get used to this website where the the website is the store. But if you go like you're trying to order a 13-inch MacBook Pro, even the ones with Touch Bar, um, they ship next day. Really? I thought I thought I, th- I thought there was an article like a week or two ago that had indicated that they had all been kind of pushed back until like the first week of June. No. Yeah, maybe so. May- maybe we won't even get that then. Maybe there's a run on the silver ones. Have you ever seen anybody with with the latest generation MacBook Pro, but it's actually silver instead of space gray? No. Yeah. No. It's like a unicorn. Um, yeah. So, well, so two two minor follow up questions here. Uh, if there is an update to the MacBook Pro, do you think there's any acknowledgement of the keyboard issue? No, because I don't think I don't think the keyboard would be any different. I think it it would it would only be if there is a hardware change there. It'll it'll just be you know new Intel processor. Hmm. So you think so? If, if you were to put a bet on it, you would say there is zero chance the Touch Bar goes away. Correct. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, not at this event. I mean, in the future, sure, but no, not at this event. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. No, I mean, I mean, I, I hardware stuff leaks. Apple will, Apple will never make another significant hardware announcement without it leaking first ever again. And did HomePod leak? Oh, yeah, all over the place. Well, actually, sorry, they pre-announced HomePod like way, way early. Well, but it, but even before that announcement, it was it was leaked. We knew was basically it? everything about it. But did, did the shape of it? No, like because because your whole point, your thesis is that the because of the supply chain and and how they need to manufacture things, the hardware itself is uh, always going to leak first. But the HomePod didn't leak in like we knew what it looked like. Like German had a lot of scoops on it, but nobody yeah, said German, like, oh, German knew almost everything about it. Well, yeah, but not actually what it looked like. 
well, fine, okay. Maybe we won't know the shape of every hardware, but I mean, but I guess my point being also too, we knew there was going to be a speaker that was being announced. Like the there's, it will never happen again where Apple gets up on stage and they announce some new hardware product that hadn't been basically known about before the event. Well, I mean, but but also the one thing that didn't leak about the HomePod is nobody knew that it was going to be bad. Well, you could have guessed that though. Yeah. Um, and then. Do you think, and I know, I know I'm asking questions I know the answers to is no, but do you think Apple would acknowledge that they were late in shipping many, many, many things that were announced last year? I could, I could see Federighi going a little off script and maybe making a comment about it, but eh, probably not. Because it feels kind of weird where literally the, the, the two updates we just talked about are come like four days before WWDC. Well, and I think maybe like just to avoid the thing of on stage. Oh, yeah, the stuff that we announced last year still isn't out, right? Yeah. Which and and I and I don't fault like because that that is the one thing where I, I like I think if if uh myself specifically, but I think also you you're like we've also kind of knocked the the fail like kind of like uh the suspect quality or or lack of um thoroughness and testing of a lot of like Apple's recent software releases. Where like iMessage in the cloud is is a feature like you really really don't want to get wrong. So like I'm glad they took their time with it, but it is weird where it seems like so much of the things Apple has been announcing recently have been shipping late. Like I assume it was never an Apple's it was never Apple's intention for the iPhone 10 and iPhone 8 to to ship on different uh to ship two months apart. Same thing with the Air Power Math that is that was announced nine or ten months ago and is still completely MIA. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I wonder if if that gets mentioned. But I, I think you're right. Where maybe on a slide or just like a just an offhanded joke, he he says that. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think happens? I I don't think much. I mean, I think I think we get iOS 12, watchOS 5, again, whatever funny name they come up with for macOS. And macOS Irvine this year, man. <laughs> maybe. Jason's going to be right. Um, and then they're all, they're, you know, all very iterative updates, you know, in iOS, we might get some things like maybe better notifications, um, maybe some visual tweaks here and there, probably some more stuff about AR kit, um, on watchOS. I don't, I don't really know what they're going to focus on there. I, I could continue to see that maybe just being, speed improvements maybe sleep tracking um and then on mac os again kind of what we've seen the last few years a lot of ios features being brought over um i just we're i just we're not going to see anything big like we're not going to see that big whole like shared ios mac os framework like we're not going to see any stuff like that because i mean that stuff would leak so i think it's just it's just going to be a it's going to be like Basically, like the Snow Leopard equivalent across the board, I think, with all three platforms this year. And then there's going to be a barrage of articles Monday night through Tuesday about how Apple is boring now and they're not doing anything interesting and they're being iterative, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, th- I, think th- I think that's going to be the story of next week. Who told you Santa wasn't real? <laughs> and then you're going to get the counter points being made which i think is is, are pretty valid which is you know actually what makes i think some of the most interesting things that apple does is is when they're iterating and slowly making things better 
Like, and there's there's going to be that whole debate again. Does Siri get any meaningful improvements? No. Why not? Because that is one thing that could literally like th- there there is of the features and things that Apple could be working on that don't leak. Since that one is entirely software based, that one is easy to keep a secret. Why, why do you think it's going to be another year where Siri is 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 just a a, a non feature? Because it's been out eight years now, right? Twenty ten. So you think just Apple's never going to be good at it, right? Like what? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, and, until until there's evidence otherwise, no. I mean, well, but what what evidence would that they would that they would have dramatically improved it in its first? I don't know. Let's say three or four years. But the fact that it's been eight years and they've literally done nothing, like there's no. There's nothing to suggest that they're all of a sudden going to start focusing on it, let alone actually make it better. I, I'm going to I'm going to disagree, and I'm going to say not that they're going to make meaningful improvements to it, but they're going to pretend they're making meaningful improvements to it. Like I think as part of the presentation, I would bet that they do talk about Siri a bit. Uh, they'll they'll talk up the fact that HomePod can now set timers. They probably won't talk about that, but like they, they will talk about new use cases, maybe expanded Siri Kit APIs, and they'll bring up some examples of the ways Siri is getting smarter. I think for an actual user, it will be almost as useless as it's always been. But I think Apple will try to spin the tale that it has gotten better. Well, that's not the question you asked me, though. No, it totally is. I said, does Apple say that there's meaning meaningful oh, improvements? Okay, well, I I misheard that. Then. <laughs> I mean, yes, they might try to spin it that way, but. Whether those are actually improvements, probably not. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be the downer here, but I just I think this is just going to be it's going to be a slow year, you know. It just it just kind of is, and it it seems like if you kind of read the tea leaves, it sounds like next year we might be set up for a bigger year on the software front where. You know, we potentially would see something like a redesign of iOS, potentially see that kind of shared Mac OS, iOS framework. Like a lot of that stuff seems like it's a 2019 thing now. So I even thinking ahead longer term, I could see this being, you know, if 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 we're going on a, a TikTok schedule, like, you know, you're famous for saying, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this would be, you know, a talk year and then we'll, we'll get the, we'll, we'll get the big stuff next year. Well, in terms of iPhone design, it was tick tock, 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 tock. <laughs> right. So, um, well, I think you, you could kind of make the case that the software has been like that too. I think the last, the last couple of years, there haven't necessarily been like, if you had to point to like the big new iOS feature from the last like three years, like what would that be? Yeah. Well, I mean, no, that's not. Uh, there, there was an emoji. <laughs> oh, okay. Stickers in the messages app. Right. Okay. Um. Uh. Eh, you know what? No, a control center redesign. Oh, were they, were they were they made it worse? Sure. No, no, no. I, I'm not. Well, okay, at least I'm on, at least on I'm the gonna, iPhone. Gonna, at least on the iPhone 10. Well, it's it's not Apple's fault. You're you're using a bad phone, like. <laughs> They they still make a decent device and it's a red iPhone eight. They they you you went for the fancy pants notch thing. Um, no, do you remember the dark year where I think it was? Well, I think it was iOS ten where uh, Control Center was paginated. 
where because they tried shoehorning a bunch of like the home kit crap in it, anytime you wanted to change your music, you had to swipe over a second screen. It would never remember that you were on a second screen. There was a year where Control Center was literally useless. Mm. Yeah, I guess I guess I do actually remember that that second page. And then sometimes up. you would accidentally swipe over to the third home kit screen and you would just get angry because you're like, even if I bought everything that Apple told me to buy, this would probably still be useless. So um, other vague, just general uh, wager questions. Uh, does Apple make any changes to iCloud storage? No. Uh, let me think of one thing that you could say yes to. <laughs> um, does Tim talk about customer sat? Oh, most definitely. It's off, off the charts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, so then what's the narrative? Because in, even if it's a year where nothing happens and it's just all... Because I think, like, I mean, every, every person who really likes Apple stuff but isn't, like, just some generic media reporter, like, I assume they kind of want a um, a snow leopard year. And I think there have been a couple of false starts. I think that's a football term where people will say that like Apple is focusing and doubling down on software quality and reliability, but like Apple's got to fill an hour and a half keynote and they can't just talk about how APFS now works on fusion drives. It's like, what is the story that they're spinning? There has to be a theme to this, to this event. I, I, I think they might really focus on kind of refinement. That might be the big theme. Or there might be some things that, that Apple kind of wants to spin as being a big deal. Like they might introduce a bunch of new AR kit stuff and think that it's revolutionary. Or they might update the way notifications work and think that that's revolutionary. And then they walk out of the event feeling like they've reinvented the smartphone. And then we're all kind of sitting there just like, well, not really. Yeah, I don't hmm, I don't think so. I mean, like, I just feel like ARKit, even though that is something that they are... Like Google's catching up, but they have been better about that. Like, I mean, that is at most like a 10 to 15 minute demo thing that's going to happen an hour or two of the presentation. And like notification, like I, you can't, hmm, like that can't be your theme. I don't know. I, I, it is very interesting that it is either doubling down on secrecy or that nothing's going to happen or maybe amazing things are going to happen. It's, it's, it, it's nice for this to be a year where it's, um, it's kind of a toss up and you're actually going to be surprised. I think if, if <laughs> I think if you're going into this event with an expectation that you're going to be surprised, you're going to be super disappointed. Well, I'm going to be surprised because I don't know what's going on. Like, I mean, like I have, I have no, I don't know what to think. I, I think, I mean, I think I'm telling you what, what, what's probably a reasonable thing to think, which is it's just, it's just not going to be a very exciting year. They have to fill the hour and a half with something. I mean, they can bring out a couple of game demos that nobody cares they're, about. They like to do that. Do that. They're good, but that's going to be the AR kit section, which is 15 minutes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's okay. So you're, so you're betting this is going to be like a, a solo. <laughs> uh, this is, this is not going to be a rogue one. Right. There's not going to be a new, uh, beloved character. There's not going to be no Ray, right? It, this is just going to all be Lando and other stuff that people. Yeah. I appreciate how much of pop culture you pick up on just through pure osmosis. Oh, because I know Lando's a person, yeah, and and that uh, the, that Ray is the is the uh, female lead that they um, uh, didn't expect to be that popular, but is also super popular, and she's a very talented actress. But also, I have no idea what happens to her 
or any of the characters or anything that happens in a Star Wars. <laughs> I assume it's a movie that's uh, probably an hour and 10 minutes uh, that has a very nice soundtrack that has uh, two to three action sequences with uh, above average CGI and that they will sell a lot of marketed merchandise for because it's Disney. You you would really like the soundtracks. They're they're very good. Yeah, the what do you call it? The the uh, New York Times uh, Fourth Estate documentary thing has a pretty good uh, soundtrack thing. It's got mm-hmm. a very uh, House Cardsy vibe. Got it. Yeah. Um. Uh, actually, is this developer facing the only thing that we didn't talk about last week that we probably that I do want to shoehorn in here and kind of like a media discussion is um, you know that Amazon channels thing where they allow you to buy access to premium. Uh, content like an over-the-top services inside of like the amazon silo right apparently that's making tons of money and uh apparently that counts for 55 percent of all a la carte uh direct consumer um stuff so i i am interested to see if tvos or any any of like of like the business relationship stuff that apple has going in the media space like if any of that actually happens, because that is something that would probably get shoehorned in a developer conference too, if if it's a slow year, because they have to do something with it. Because TVOS, like nothing is is going on with that at all. Yeah, but potentially. Uh, and I, uh, uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, let's 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 uh, bail out early. Let's uh, let's just special it. Okay. Um. So we made an allusion to my. Um, <clears throat> chef special last week, the week before, uh, we affectionately referred to this as the jock muck of the outdoors. Um, at the time I didn't really have enough to say about it, but we've been using this for the last couple of weeks now. And this is just, it's an excellent piece of furniture. So this is the, uh, we're going to go with a Plaro. <laughs> um, what what are the double uh the double dots above the A and the O? I I don't know. Is that an umlaut? Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, so this this is their this is IKEA's line of outdoor furniture. It was on sale through Memorial Day weekend. That sale has since ended. Um, unfortunately, if if you're looking to now purchase this because it was actually pretty significantly discounted. Um, so that that's when when I, when we bought ours. Um, we bought the one that I linked you to here, which is their table and six reclining chairs. Um, we've also since purchased their, um, the, the cushions for the chairs, which I kind of made a joke offline, um, which people didn't think was super funny. Although I thought it was pretty creative that the cushions for these chairs are are kind of like, you know, when you buy like a, a cheap printer and then they get you on the printer ink. It's kind of how or I the felt. gold-plated USB cable. <laughs> right. That's kind of how I felt about these cushions, where the chairs and the table were really reasonably priced. The cushions were shockingly expensive, uh, but they're but they're worth it. They they kind of make the chairs a lot more comfortable. Um, but bang for your buck, you know, outdoor furniture and, and furniture in general tends to be kind of expensive. Um, this Aplaro set is very reasonably priced, even at its regular price. Here, it's made of real wood, which is a nice little perk. Um. Yeah. Overall, great set. Hmm. And the the table shockingly easy to put together. There's like seven steps. It's like already mostly assembled, which which was almost like semi disappointing because like I don't know. Part of the fun with IKEA stuff is putting it together. Although I felt that way, and then I started putting together the chairs, 
which were pretty complicated. And there were six of them. <laughs> so I had to do the same thing six times again. So again. can I ask, is, is this like a guy duty or is this something that the, the lady comes and helps out with? Or is this just kind of like a, she's like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do other stuff to make our new house home. And she just leaves you to it. So I've in my older years have gotten better about, like, I used to want to just try to do everything on my own, even stuff that really <laughs> should have two people involved. Mm -hmm. So in tasks like, so this entire set, the table and the chairs was very much just a one person job. There it wasn't really, there really wasn't much to it other than just, you know, the chairs were a little funky at first, but um, but no, the, we, like we have an Ikea bed frame and that that's very much like a two person job. So like the lady friend and I put that together. Okay. But you didn't give her like three of the chairs and just. No. Cause I mean, there were a billion other things to do around the house. So sure. Sure. Okay. My pick up. Actually. Oh, dang. That's something I should have brought up earlier, but sorry. This is, this is in my private, uh, what do you call it? slack thing where i have store ideas uh first pick uh first uh, chef special is uh ted cruz uh cursing texas uh, sports teams second one is i'm going to double down on a prior pick of the week which is the samsung t5 ssd so because i made the huge mistake of getting my imac with too little uh built-in storage i got the 512 model when i should have definitely got the terabyte model but back in 2015 that would have been way too expensive uh, the Samsung T5 USB 3 solid state disc is absolutely tiny, is easy to encrypt, and is such a cheap and uh, fast way to add additional storage to your Mac that people should definitely pick this up. So, so sorry, this is the the Samsung T3 T SSD. T5. Now T3 is the old slow one. That's that's the that's the iPhone 5S. That's the got yeah. it. So you want you want the T5. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's like if you got the the 60 watt Model S, you just got not not even not even didn't come to play. Got it. Uh, so it's pretty great. I previously had the 500 gigabyte version. Uh, I now have the one terabyte version, and I will just use the um the what do you call it the 500 gig one as a just like an ex like a, a super duper clone or something. Super duper the OS 10 drive imaging software, not the burger chain. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be careful. 